Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our big questions for this week. Did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Does the resurrection matter? Is Jesus the only way to salvation? Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Eric, it is fantastic to have you with us. Great to be here again. What have you been up to this week? Oh, plenty. I've been, uh, yeah, the weather's been not too bad. I've even been out in it in the garden in the cold. But, uh, yeah, had a busy week. This time seems to come around so quickly. And, uh, yeah, even though I'm semi-retired, I'm really busy. Isn't it wonderful that all the uh, post-COVID uh, restrictions are slowly disappearing? Yeah, I tell you what, there's a lot of people in the shopping centres. Uh, there's lots of cars on the road. Uh, people are going back to work and uh, things are slowly sort of coming back to normal. I certainly went past one of our schools today and uh, I was uh, impressed by the sheer number of students. There certainly wasn't very much social distancing happening. <laughs> Don't talk to me about traffic around schools. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Hey, Eric, do you have a post-COVID bucket list at all? Oh, for sure. Uh, I think we all have, haven't we? Being isolated, it's almost <laughs> taken off your prison garb and starting to get doing some things. I, I really, you know, even though I'm from New Zealand, I suffer from feeling the cold. I'd like to go start travelling to a bit of a warmer place somewhere around Australia would be good. Now, I don't know how long that'll be before we can really risk it. Um, and I'm afraid to say it, Gary, but uh, my wife and I do like to go out and have a meal now and then, just the two of us. And I'm looking forward to getting back out there and having a nice meal, not worrying about the dishes or anything like that. I've got to admit I agree with you totally there. That's one of the traditions. Myself and my wife, we uh, go out uh, Sunday lunchtime is the one meal of the week where we can actually go out together, sit down and uh, and just chat over a, a leisurely lunch. It is really nice. And I have to admit, I'm really missing that at this time. Well, I tried to cover that, Gary. I did a couple of restaurant-type meals at home with some candles and a bit of food I cooked up. So it wasn't quite up to par, but it wasn't too bad. What did you cook, Eric? <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise that you were a, a, a chef. Oh, well, I, I like uh, doing a bit of cooking at home. I really enjoy it, actually. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I try to follow the recipes and know it. But my wife is a very good cook and uh, she's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Let's go to some music. Let's enjoy some music. Our theme for the week is is Jesus, his life, uh, his death, and what it actually means. Uh, this is uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither, Easter Song. Thank you. 
Welcome again to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And you were just listening to Bill and Gloria Gaither, Easter song, Israel Homecoming. This week we're asking, did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Does the resurrection matter? Is Jesus the only way to salvation? But before we move to our question for today, I'd love us to be able to look at something in world religious trends. You know, the world religious world is changing right before our eyes. We need to be aware of them. These trends are so significant, I believe they can't be ignored. Just this week I was uh, I was reading uh, Creation Ministries creation creation.com this is a wonderful website if you want to find some marvelous material on how the Lord created this world then please go to creation.com it's a fantastic ministry uh, that is being being run there was an article on that particular website and it was talking about world views. This is what they said. Nations were once built upon biblical foundations, are watching the collapse of godly values in our culture, and Christians seem powerless to stop it. Competing worldviews like atheism, humanism, communism, New Age and the occult are being vigorously promoted in education, the media and one-on-one to children and to adults alike. With so many areas for the church to deal with, we need to ask ourselves, how do we make a difference? Where do we focus our efforts? Did this happen by chance or is there a deeper issue? Church leaders are busy with programs, counselling and such, but it seems though something's been lost somewhere. It's like a giant puzzle, and the church can't seem to find the missing piece. As I read this article, I was deeply challenged. When things are crumbling all around us, we need to go back to basics, the article suggested. Without a strong foundation, a structure will eventually erode and collapse. As Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? This verse, the article said, should cause us to examine our foundations, which may lead us to better realisation of why we face the issues that we do. As I was reading that particular article, I was deeply challenged. They went on and gave some excellent responses. But, Eric, tell me, the article said, talked about essential foundations of the Christian worldview. What, in your understanding, are the essential foundations of a biblical Christian worldview? Well, biblically, I think it comes back to the foundation of um, the Word of God. I truly believe that um, the Word of God 
within churches has been eroded to the fact that we start to accept the worldly things around us. And uh, as time goes on, as you've mentioned, that Christianity not being taught in some schools, uh, there's no foundation, therefore, to stand on a Christian point of view from their side and, of things. And that's really significant, isn't it? Because what we actually have in the uh, in the Christian scriptures is a revealed world view. We have a supernatural God that has given to us a message and has revealed to us what our world is really like. And in the, in the Christian scriptures, what you have are some foundations that are established that it's impossible to determine in some naturalistic type of method. Mm. And I'm so conscious that, uh, you know, within the, it's within the scriptures that we actually find out about this issue of creation. You know, that's a really key foundation today, isn't it? Yeah, where we came from determines where we're going, really. Yeah. Um, and to a lot of people who don't know Christ, there is no hope or they cling to, um, you know, uh, going to um, uh, seances and different things, trying to speak to their loved ones because they have no hope and they're seeking comfort. Yeah, and therefore just eroding away the the creation that we were formed by God. Yeah, that man and woman are equal. You know, I read somewhere the other day that um, that the woman were created from the rib, which was the side by side where to start to stand with man as mm-hmm. an equal. Mm-hmm. You know, and not from a different part of the body that the man wouldn't tear. And all these sorts of things, even the moral attitude. I mean, where do you get morals from? Yeah. if you don't. Start off with the Bible and look yeah. at what's there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredibly powerful. I, I will remember talking to uh, particularly uh, groups of, of young people and looking at the foundations of the Christian faith. And to me, just working through with them and, and saying, hey, look, you know, we've got revealed to us in the scriptures, we've got this understanding of creation. We understand why man is. Evil. Why there is evil in this world? Because you get the uh, the teaching of the fall of of man. Mm. Uh, you get issues like the moral law. You know, mm. uh, we live in a world where we live under governmental law, and yet within the scriptures, what we've got is this beautiful thing called the moral law. And I I love the way the scriptures actually present that. I think of uh, David, you know, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, more than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. And, you know, as I read the way David views the law of God, he doesn't actually view it as a negative thing. He views it as a positive thing, as something that's going to provide him direction within his life. You know, I get salvation through Christ in the scriptures. I get this resur- the teaching of resurrection. I get hope for the future. I get all of these foundations that are within the word of God. And as I look at them, I say, hey, these things are incredibly powerful. You know, I just, uh, just very recently, I, uh, I had the, the privilege to go across to, uh, the Sunshine Coast and, uh, over there, the Creation Ministries were actually running their, their annual conference. And I have to say 
that was one of the most powerful conferences that I've been to in recent in recent years. I regard it as a real privilege to have actually been to that particular conference because of the uh, the evidence that was able to be presented that supported. The biblical record, and you know there are so many people that uh, that don't understand that there is actually evidence that can support the biblical pillars that seem to be heart and core of the Christian faith. That's right, and you know when you've got a foundation, um, no matter what you build on it, no matter how good a job you do, if that foundation isn't done properly, if it's not strong, yeah, then there's going to be a weakness. You're going to get movement. You're going to get cracking, and being, as I said before, being an ex-brick and block layer, I know the full measure. If you haven't got a builder that's put down a strong foundation, no matter how good you put your bricks up, you know, you can do your best, you can try and strengthen it. But if that foundation moves, you're going to get cracking. And and in Australia, you get quite a bit because yeah. you get shrinkage and yeah. then you see it, you know, yeah. with the weather and the elements. So when the elements come, the testing times, I mean, even now with the coronavirus, that is showing us that people react in quite a selfish way. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the signs that the world's not right, you know. Yeah. This, uh, that's a powerful illustration that you use about the uh, the brick and block laying that you, you've done in times past and the importance of the foundation. And uh, as I look at that, I say, hey, there's a real message, there's a real illustration to our world today in that little parable, isn't there? It is. And, you know, even when we talked about sowing seed and the seed, where the seed falls, you know, under the, the, the concrete, you've got to prepare the ground first. And yeah. then you put the foundation of God. Yeah. So yeah. that's all part that's of it. Yeah. Wonderful. Let's come to uh, Wendell Akimbara. Uh, I will not be shaken. This is Psalm 62. This is a beautiful song. For God alone. I wait in silence My soul is still Before the Lord He is my rock And my salvation My fortress strong I'll trust in Him I'll not be shaken
trust in Him to hear you cry. No other home will never fail you. No other Jesus save me and from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary, our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week, we're asking the biggest possible questions. This week's questions concern the life and death of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Does the resurrection matter? Is Jesus the only way to salvation? But let's come, let's come to our big question of today. Yesterday, we looked at, did Jesus really exist? Today, we were asking, is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? I'm so conscious with so many people that I've actually spoken to, there are many people who see Christ as having given a worthy moral teaching, uh, advice that should be possibly followed, But does the New Testament, do the scriptures make Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Who is Jesus really? Eric, help us out here. Who is Jesus? Is he more than just a great moral teacher? Well, there's no question, is there, that there was a Jesus that existed. I mean, there's more evidence than, for instance, if you look back at Napoleon, there's yeah. actually more written about Jesus, more evidence that he existed than Napoleon. Uh, even King Arthur, they say, uh, mm. that there's more evidence that Jesus. So, yep, Jesus does exist. Now, there have been many in the world that wouldn't agree with that, that don't believe that even. But if you look at the evidence, if you and, study it. And that, I think, is the really key thing here, Eric. You know, yesterday we were looking at uh, Tacitus. Now, a Greek, uh, a, a Roman historian back in the first century. And Tacitus was a person who despised Christianity. He had nothing to gain, and yet he writes about 
Jesus Christ. Mm. You look at Josephus. And, you know, again, yesterday we looked at what Josephus, Josephus, of course, was uh, someone who, again, had nothing to gain. And these people are outside of the New Testament. Did Jesus exist? Uh, most of the uh, the commentators, most of the commentators today would say uh, the evidence is certainly there that Jesus did exist. Oh, there's no doubt about it. If you, if, you know, if you're serious on the subject and you study it, you're left in, in no doubt that Jesus did exist. Yeah. Now yeah. the question then comes up as we're talking about today: Was he just a man who was? Well, some people would say maybe he was crazy. I mean, even in his day, he was accused thirty-three times in the Gospels. There were thirty-three yeah. accusations made against him. One time, they said in Luke seven thirty-four, the Son of Man uh, came eating and drinking, and you say here is a glutton and a drunkard. They call him a. They actually called him a drunkard and mm, a glutton, mm. and he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Oh, you wouldn't want to hang around him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so was he um, was he just a good man doing good deeds, um, or if you want to study his life, and therefore you've got to study his life, what did he actually claim? That's that's the question. We haven't got much time. So what were the what did he actually claim? The first thing that comes to mind. There's a few of them, but he claimed to live a sinless life, uh, and they came to him in John eight forty six and forty seven, and he says, "Can any of you prove me guilty of sin?" If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Mm. So here is one that claims. Now, if he wasn't, if he was uh, committing sin, there would be evidence of this. And many times they accused him of something, but there was no proof. I mean, even his trial was a mockery. That is actually a remarkable thing. For anyone to say, which of you accuse me of sin? Mm. Because, you know, if somebody was to look at, look at me and, uh, look at my, my life and, uh, you know, could I ask that question? Well, you know, go and talk to my wife. Go and talk <laughs> to my it. children. Yeah. You know, have, yeah. have I made mistakes in my life? Of course I have. Yeah. And those who are nearest and dearest to me are the ones who can most readily point it out. Yeah. And yet Jesus is able to say, which of you accuse me of sin? And nobody, even his enemies, were able to come back at him. To me, I find that's a remarkable thing. That's right. And the closest to him, as you're saying, you know, they know. My family knows. You mean, mm. you know, uh, yeah. you can't hide anything from your family. And, you know, Jesus traveled. You've got to think the way they traveled. They walked everywhere, many, many miles. They mm. spent time, slept, you know, um, uh, close by and everything else. And so they would have, you know, the character of somebody would reveal. I mean, there would be... Uh, all sorts of accusations, but uh, but they didn't understand him, um, and uh, so therefore uh, the first claim is that you know he he lived a sinless life, mm. uh, and the Bible talks about that everyone is a sinner, bar one, and that's Jesus. And that really that really is a claim that is above and beyond what any normal human can actually make. That's that's well, not something that is that is easy to make that that sort of claim. If, for instance, to take the view that he was just, um, <clears throat> you know, a bit funny in the head and claiming these things, because there's many claims that Jesus makes. Um, if he was doing that, then why, for instance, is there not more evidence? I mean, why do why do so many people claim to be the Messiah? 
Mm. Why do they? I mean, you wouldn't do that if you thought somebody was learning, would you? Yeah. yeah I mean, there's yeah. many. I mean, you know. Uh, In other words, many people have cli- made certain claims, and yet Jesus was somehow able to present his claims in such a way that people believed totally what he said. To me, as I look at that, there has to be some evidence there that actually backs up the claims that he is making. Yeah, you know, he he spoke powerful words, and the words is what changes people, but it was his actions also. He backed up his words with his actions, and that's where we very, um, you know, uh, uh, humanly, uh, that's where sometimes we let things down. So, uh, I mean, the other claims he made was that he was the son of God, you know, and that really sent the rabbis into a into a real stew because they said that nobody can forgive sins. He claimed to forgive sins. So, uh, you know, um, that was blasphemy in their eyes. They could not. They didn't recognize him as a Messiah. Uh, all the evidence was there in the old scriptures that pointed to him being the Messiah. We've talked about that la- the other week. Mm. Yet they still could not believe it. They could not see that he was the Messiah. Therefore, he was blaspheming, you know. And in fact, on a couple of occasions there, you actually read... In the in the New Testament, that they tried to arrest him, and on one occasion took him to a high cliff, ready to cast him off because of the claims that he was making about being the Son of God, and also the ability to be able to forgive sins. Mm. You know, Eric, that's that's a remarkable claim to be able to make. Yeah, well, the whole sacrificial system, wasn't it, that Jesus came and took the place of the Lamb? Yeah. Uh, you know, pointed to the Messiah coming. And we know that uh, uh, through the Bible that, uh, you know, that uh, in the temple that the veil was torn from uh, top to bottom and it was a thick veil. And therefore, there was no more sacrificial system that Jesus was this. I mean, what more proof can you have? Uh, that you know that he, some of the claims he makes is actually backed up uh, by the evidence that are there, you know. Mm. And to me, um, there's nobody. If somebody says to you on this earth, "You come and you confess your sins to me, and I'll forgive you," then don't believe it because there is only one. Jesus is the only one who can. He makes that claim. I'm the. He's the only one that can forgive our sins, and therefore um, we must follow um, in line with. Um, you know, in belief, it's faith because it's only by faith and accepting Christ's character that we actually can uh, can accept some of the things we haven't seen, but we can read the evidence and we can line up those uh, texts as we talked about, and there are your foundations mm. that what he has claimed. It's true, eyewitnesses. People who have felt the power of God, people who were changed, people who are still being changed. The mm. Word of God is still the most powerful um, book in the world. It's still one of the best sellers in the world. Still, all these thousands of years later, and yet it's up against the things that you were talking about, like um, you were talking about, you know, um, evolution and uh, and the way the world thinks, and not teaching the Bible in schools and things. You know, we're doing the, what we've got here are some foundations of the of the New Testament because the New Testament is based on not just the teachings of a of an individual who 
was gave good moral teaching because you certainly find that in the New Testament. You certainly find, uh, for example, you can go into to Matthew chapter 5, you get the story of the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, and you, and so the Beatitudes go on and, uh, and share wonderful teaching, you know, and it talks about, you know, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not uh, commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman with lust in his eyes has committed adultery already. You've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. But I say to you, whoever hates is likely to be judged. You know, as I look at these things, I mean, this is good moral teaching that has certainly been the bulwark of Christianity down through the years. But, you know, the thing that stands out to me is that Jesus is actually saying things, as I look at it, that are so far out there that no human can actually say them. I mean, I look at uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse uh, verse 6. Uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm. Hey, you know, I know that in Hebrews we're called to be able to come boldly to the throne of grace. But here... Christ is pushing it a, a lot further than just coming to the Father through grace. Mm. Here Christ is saying, no one will come to the Father except through me. Mm. Now that's not something that any human can actually say. No, well, Jesus was part of the Godhead. <clears throat> you know, he, there was the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so here he is saying that no one can come to the Father except through me. So, you know, if we hear of that today, that, you know, you come to Jesus through a different, if you come to Jesus through a different way except through him, then we should not, this is another one of the, the foundations that has there. But tell me, Gary, let me ask you something then. Um, when Jesus performed the miracles, when he um, when he performed those miracles and they 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 were shocked, the Pharisees, mm. um, and the people who were healed were, were joyous and that. Where did the what did the Pharisees think that power came from? And that that is a very significant question, Eric, isn't it? You know, uh, certainly on a, on one or two occasions they said he is speaking through the power of Belzebub. Mm. Uh, in other words, they 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 saw they didn't deny that the power was actually working. They knew that there was something supernatural that was actually working here, but they connected it certainly on more than one occasion to the power of Belzebub or Satan himself. Mm. Uh, to me, that is actually evidence that something is going on here that even they were unable to explain. You see, there is something about Jesus that is more than human. Yes, and I think there's a, it brings to us a danger today living in the last days that we try to put Jesus into a little square box. We try to place him in, a, in an area that we feel comfortable with because the longer we wait for Jesus to come, sometimes, you know, we can get a bit tired of waiting or we start to go a bit the worldly way. We need to understand that 
um, Jesus was a radical. He told us the truth. He lived mm-hmm. his life out that way. And the people around him, I mean, they flocked to see him. Uh, the words that he told them set them free. They, mm. he, he was healing them in a spiritual way. He was giving them freedom. They were de- they were um, being held down by the Roman Empire. They There were so many rules and regulations. And even the, the Christian rules and regulations were weighing them down. But Jesus, his words, they just gave him freedom as they do to us today, that power. I I think you make actually a really good point there, Eric, when you say that uh, it's so easy for us to actually put Jesus into a box because I think that that is probably one of the greatest truths that we're actually dealing with today because uh, even the pictures that you see of Jesus on the wall, uh, they're actually and of generally of an insipid man with a bit of a halo, a coloured white. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that's not the Jesus of the Scriptures. Uh, Jesus of the Scripture is a powerful man mm-hmm. who has got the ability to challenge the thinking of scribe, of Pharisee, and touch the heart even of Pilate. Mm-hmm. I mean, this uh, this man is more than a man as presented in the New Testament. True, and his life, the way he was brought up, um, set him up. I mean, how many years was his ministry? Three years. Mm. That's all. That's three powerful years yeah. we're talking about yeah. here today. Yeah. And yet what a difference to the world that's made. Yeah. But it was also the foundation of his growing up, his learning, yeah. and, uh, and um, you know, relying on his father, as in our families that we mm. try to structure it. So he was, the Messiah was brought up that way where, you know, everybody thought it would be different. Yeah. You and I would they would find it probably hard to accept somebody we knew that we'd seen grow up same there you know yeah. so it's very radical yeah yeah, yeah. and out. and you get Jesus throughout his ministry he's actually gives gives an indication that that he is so much more than just another or would be messiah he is the messiah i mean i think of john chapter 11 uh, 25 uh, jesus said to her i am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me will live even though he dies mm. and whoever lives and believes in me will never die now you know as i look at this i say hey this is a remarkable statement you know you believe in me you're going to never die uh, this is one of the things that um i suppose i i reflect on c.s lewis in his really famous uh, famous book, and uh, he's talking about Christ, and uh, and what he says is this: a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says, "I'm a poached egg," or he would be the devil of hell. You must take the choice. Either he was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something else. You can shut him up for a fool or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not let that option open to us. 
You know, as I as I read that, C.S. Lewis is saying something I believe incredibly profound here. Jesus, C.S. Lewis is saying, could only have been one of four things. He's either a legend, a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord and God. There's so much historical and archaeological evidence to support the existence that reputable historians are continually saying that he's not just a legend. What we find in the New Testament is the picture of a of a real man, but a real man that, according to the New Testament, is not just a man. He's more than a man because the New Testament presents him as being divine, one who is able to give life and change lives. Do you know, I believe I'm a Christian pastor. I've seen people's lives be changed. But, you know, it's not because of any power that's in me that lives have been changed. That's right. And, you know, his words, I mean, when you look at it, um, if he, as I said here, some people think him a, a, a lunatic or whatever, the answers he's given in the Bible just couldn't come from a lunatic thinking so clearly and sometimes he just bamboozled the yeah. great scholars yeah. of the day yeah just impossible and also if i was um you know a lunatic and saying that and i was heading for the cross and i knew what was going to happen to me man i couldn't get down from that cross i tell you what i wouldn't go to the cross yeah, yeah. uh there was a comeuppance for that you know so you know um I mean, he was divine in all that happened to him because he was connected. He said, I and the Father are one. Mm. And for us, we find it very hard when we talk about the Trinity. In fact, there's a lot of debate about the Trinity, Mm. the Son, the Father, and and the Holy Spirit. To me, it's like a family. We have my family, my last name, and and we're all part of that family. And that's how I see the Trinity. Mm. Each one has a role, and that's specifically for that. I mean, Jesus created through the Father. Was the Father yeah, that yeah. did that? You know, and we're actually going to come to that teaching on another occasion because I think it's so important that we actually dig into that uh, to that matter. But Eric, look, let's let's come to some music because yep. I love this. Uh, this next song is Bill and Gloria Gaither. This is uh, a, a song. It's a hymn, one that I love. It's uh, entitled "Because He." Lives. How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and the joy that he gives. But greater still. The calm assurance We can face uncertain days I don't care what the headlines on CNN say tomorrow We can face uncertain days Sing with us Because
God created devil. How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's a fantastic little magazine. If you if you really want to see some material that's uh, condensed straight to the point and uh, and really relevant to today, uh, grab that magazine. It's it's a fantastic little magazine. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's our recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Adelaide uh, Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. Today we're asking uh, some really significant questions. Did Jesus really exist? Is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Did he really rise from the dead? Does the resurrection matter? Is Jesus the only way to salvation? Yesterday we looked at the first of those questions. Uh, Did Jesus really exist? Today we're concentrating on is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Who is Jesus really? Eric, they're remarkable claims. What are the implications for humanity? Bring it together for us. Well, Christ claimed to give an everlasting life. Uh, That's powerful, you know. Um, he said in John 6.40, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And in the same chapter, chapter 6 of John, verse 47, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I'm going to shock you a bit here, Gary, and you might not ask me back on the program, <laughs> but I follow Jesus. I don't focus heavily on eternal life. The reason being is that um, believing in Christ and um, under, uh, coming closer to Christ and having that relationship with Jesus uh, gives me the motivation to be a better person, to share God's word to others, to help people in need and to love each other more. And I think that if I focus on the eternal life, but I'll start doing things so that I can have a, I can have that eternal life. I, I start to change my my um, focus from letting Jesus work through me rather than me do the work. If you understand what I mean, it's got to be a balance where I don't do things for reward. I do it because I love people because yeah. Christ loves me. Yeah, and so therefore I don't. I, it's a wonderful blessing to have eternal life, and he, he promises that. I understand that, mm. Mm. but I don't think he wants us to focus on it because you know the Pharisees focused on that. They had these things that would get them there. They had their foot in the kingdom. They couldn't believe when Jesus was telling them that they were hypocrites. They said, yeah. "Hey, look, man, we're here. Yeah. We've been. This is our. We're by tradition. We're born into it." Yeah. But I believe it's um it's a love relationship with God, and and. You know, involved in all that is that we love one another. And he says, just believe in me and trust me and you will have eternal life. And that's the ultimate implication of this, isn't it? Because what we actually have here is a man that's actually more than a man. He's not like you and me. I mean, the way he came into this world, you know, as I sort of uh, consider even the um, the early chapters of, uh, of Matthew's gospel, uh, you get... Uh, you get there 
Matthew shares about a virgin conceiving and coming to this world. Now, you know, this is a, a, one of the Christian beliefs that many outside of Christianity really struggle with because here we've got a teaching that says a baby is born without a man being involved. Mm. That, to me, is a remarkable claim. But, you know, the very moment you make that claim, what you've got is an individual who is not like you and me we are something something different he is fully human but he's also divine he's come to this as i look at his life throughout the time that he spent on earth he was able to work miracles you know i, I i'm so impressed at the times when he was able to say to the to the leper um stretch out your hand the leper stretched it out and he was healed. Mm. On other occasions, he is able to say to the man who has, who has, uh, to Lazarus who has passed away, mm. he's able to say, Lazarus come forth and he walks out of the grave. You know, I, as a pastor, I, I, I calculated at one time. I've buried probably two or three people every year now. I've been in ministry for 35 years. I've probably been involved in somewhere between 150 and 200 funerals that I've led. Mm. You know, I've buried a lot of people. But do you know the one thing I've never done? I've never been able to say, oh, Lazarus, and come forth. I'm still waiting. I'm still, wouldn't I love to be able to do it? I've never been, you know, I'm different to Jesus. Mm. And the thing is in the scriptures that there's no doubt about Lazarus because he didn't go straight away. You know, there were days. And they say there was a smell coming from the you know, tomb. So, yeah. you know, so therefore, the the extra detail that the Bible gives us in the eyewitness accounts and things is proof that this was no fake, that this really happened. You know, but the other thing is the miracle that happens in you and our life is our resurrection, being born again. Yeah, I mean, that's the the biggest to me. That's the biggest evidence today of of Jesus, where he can change people. I mean, Jesus claimed that he would he would die and come back to life. I mean, that's what he And that's the ultimate. We're going to come to that one um, another day this week and and deal directly with that one. But that one is so key because, you know, I can actually make many preposterous claims. And, you know, hey, if you or me were to say that, you know, after our death we're going to come back to life again, Mm. uh, people would be taking us off for medical help. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Jesus not just claimed it, but he did it. And what we're going to find is that the evidence actually supports it. Yep. Well, the whole thing that boils down on today's discussion is: was Jesus just a man, or you know, is he the Messiah? Is he the Son of God? And and through all the evidences and the things we've talked about, and the different attributes, not just one, but several, several parts of his life show that he is indeed the Messiah through prophecy, through his actions, through his words, and the way that he's still changing people today, the greatest power of all. So therefore, I believe that, you know, it's all done on belief. And those who do not believe the Bible says will not see it. Mm. They will They will always not see it, and they won't want to study it. Yeah. They will turn their way, they will turn their head away and go to the world for help. Whereas those that believe, 
you know, have the assurances of Jesus. But, you know, Eric, this is where, to me, I would challenge our listeners. There may be one or two people who might be listening to us today who might be struggling and say, you know, can these things be true? And to me, the the most important thing to, to, to do is to give it a go. You know, what if it is true? If it is true, it can change your life today. If it's not true, you've lost nothing. That's right. And often... Well, often we turn away when, when we're struggling with the death in the family. We can't understand why did God allow this to happen. And therefore, you know, you, we need to understand the scriptures that we're not just, there's not just God. There's also the devil. There's an evil and a good. And what we're talking about, what Jesus has given here today, as we've talked about it, is all good, good stuff. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life changing. Eric, let's come to some music. Ron and Patty Valet. I love the Lord. What a message in this song. One big hope, the last hope for the world is Jesus. There's no doubt about it. Jesus means he came to save. And today, you know, we struggle in this world and uh, it's not easy at times. And I say to any listener out there is to give Jesus a go. He is real. He's there. He's there for you and he's there for me. All we have to do, he says, is believe. And when you believe and you fall in love with somebody, if you believe in this God, when no other God can you know, prophesy what is what took place. No other God lives today but Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you do follow that line of thought and study into his life, it will change you. Yeah. yeah. Me, I wasn't born a Christian and I found that power in my life and I continue to marvel at who Jesus is. He yeah. is real. 
and he is who he claims to be, the Messiah. Pray for us, Eric. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for your word today. Oh, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him who came to this world to show us in spirit what the words really mean, to live the life that would bring hope and happiness and comfort. And Lord, we live in a time near the end of time where, as the Bible says, that there will be greed and man will try and look after himself. We see that around the world. But Jesus stood out like a light. And he brought upon him all the troubles from those who did not believe. We pray, Lord, that each one of us will understand that we need to know Jesus more. We pray, Lord, that we'll turn to you and that through your power, Lord, your wonderful power, you will change our lives. Help anybody today, Lord, who is struggling. Whatever the issue may be, Lord, we pray that Jesus will come to him. We pray that we'll turn to you, Lord, and you will heal us. Mm. So thank you, Lord, today for your life, for who you are, that you are the, the great Messiah, and you are the one, Lord, who can heal and forgive our sins. So bless each one today, we pray, and we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Uh, tomorrow we ask, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. 